This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, April 28, 2022, on your public radio station, KUAF 91.3 FM. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. I'm Timothy Dennis. I'm Kyle Kellams. We have a pair of stories about medical marijuana today. Later, a conversation with an entrepreneur expanding his medical marijuana dispensary in central Arkansas. First, the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission, which decides dispensary and cultivation facility licensure, is being sued by Carroll County Holdings Incorporated, a highly ranked dispensary applicant. As Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports, the applicant claims the state wrongfully failed to award them a license. The non-trial case is pending before the Arkansas Supreme Court. In early 2019, 32 medical marijuana dispensary applicants were approved by the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission, created by the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Amendment of 2016, the result of a voter ballot initiative. The commission is tasked with administering and regulating the issuances of licenses to operate medical marijuana dispensaries and cultivation facilities with enforcement provided by the State Alcoholic Beverage Control Board. Initially, four qualifying dispensaries were approved to open in eight regional zones across Arkansas. Zone 1 encompasses Washington, Benton, Madison, and Carroll counties. A late 2021 rule expanded the number to 40, leading to the selection of a fifth dispensary in each zone. Carroll County Holdings Incorporated doing business as Eureka Green ranked fifth in Zone 1. Dan Bell, MD, president, and his spouse Susie Bell, who serves as secretary, are co-founders of the nonprofit Eureka Springs Christian Outreach, which operate a free health clinic and low-income housing in Eureka Springs. It took the biggest part of a year to get the application together. We spent about $35,000, if I recall, uh, on, the, on the whole project, including our application fees. And so um, uh, that's kind of where we were. Uh, we were sort of setting and waiting, and it was clear that nothing was going to happen fast. According to the rules, Bell says, round two or fifth zone applicants would be refunded half their application fee to bank or invest pending selection. Of course, we assumed we would still be in the running. There was no rule anywhere. Of course, we knew the, their rules and regulations well published, and we we listened to every meeting, and there's nothing that stated that that would eliminate us from consideration. Carroll County Holdings Incorporated formed in 2018 and counts 26 investors, including a half dozen doctors, optometrists, pharmacists, nurses, and a banker. Susie Bell says their dispensary is different, operating like a medical clinic. We were going to intake you with a nurse. We were going to assess your need for the the use of marijuana, whatever, you know, condition you qualified for. Eureka Green Dispensary, once it opens, will administer to registered patients diagnosed with one of 18 qualifying conditions, including cancer, severe arthritis, seizures, and glaucoma, The dispensary also plans to donate 10% of proceeds to local charities. When the Medical Marijuana Commission began to assign fifth dispensaries in each zone in 2020, certain fifth zone candidates were alarmed. They were being passed over, Bell says. And we went, whoa, what's going on? So we, we figured out 
the, the marijuana commission was eliminating all those who had gotten half their application fee back. There is no rule anywhere that says that. They never said it in any of their minutes. They never told us that. And uh, But it appears that some people knew that, were told that. That's why you know, some of the folks stayed in. The Medical Marijuana Commission awarded their fifth-place license to seventh-place candidate Osage Creek Dispensary, which opened last June in Fayetteville. Osage Creek is also approved to operate a medical marijuana cultivation facility in eastern Carroll County. Preceding that, Carroll County Holdings Incorporated had returned the one-half application fee back to the state and in June 2020 had asked Pulaski County Circuit Court Judge Tim Fox for an emergency injunction. He was hearing similar complaints from other dispensaries to stop the dispensary licensing proceedings until the rules were clarified. That case is now pending on appeal before the Arkansas Supreme Court. Chris Burks, an attorney with WH Law in Little Rock, represents Carroll County Holdings, Incorporated. This group of Carroll County investors who who live in northwest Arkansas alleged that they were denied a license, um, even though they were a top-scoring applicant. They brought the case originally in Little Rock because they're state agencies that Uh, issue the license are based in Little Rock. The case then moved to Carroll County and back to Little Rock. Uh, A judge in Little Rock uh, determined that the claim could go forward, uh, that the state did not have immunity. Uh, The state disagreed, and now the Supreme Court is going to rule on that. That ruling uh, may take another month or two. The state claims it can't be sued, citing sovereign immunity, meaning a government cannot be sued without its consent. But Burke says sovereign immunity doesn't apply here. The government isn't sovereign. Um, the government is a, is not above the people. Um, but unfortunately, the doctrine of sovereign immunity puts government above the people. And in this instance, it may block a right of the people uh, to get what they've passed into their own constitution. Sovereign immunity traces back to British common law doctrine that claims the king can do no wrong, in this case making Arkansas state agencies immune from civil suit or criminal prosecution. The the Bells have been very involved in the community in northwest Arkansas for a long time, and this was a group of local investors who played by the rules and did everything right and thought that they were in line to get a license. Uh, and, and that's what voters thought, that there would be people from their area getting a license in their area. And unfortunately, the, the state agency just kicked them out of the line. Um, and, and so it, it kind of um, you know, defeats the purpose of, of having zones if you know, one or two entities control all the various dispensaries. Referring to monopolistic practices, for example, Osage Creek which operates the cultivation facility in Carroll County, now operates the fifth dispensary in Zone 1. We queried the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Commission spokesperson Scott Harden via email about the Bell's complaint. He responded saying that he cannot discuss ongoing litigation, but he wrote that Carroll County Holdings was not displaced. He says a fifth license was awarded to an applicant that chose to not withdraw from consideration. But the Bells and Burks argue that Carroll County Holdings never withdrew their application and that they should be awarded the fifth license. The state still has not issued 
all 40 dispensary licenses in large part because their rules for issuing those licenses have been forced to be revised. Um, so there is another lawsuit uh, in court that has stopped the Medical Marijuana Commission from issuing two additional licenses uh, on the basis that um, their rules need to be updated. Uh, and, and I think that just highlights that uh, this whole process from the start uh, has been been marred by controversy. Competition to own one of 40 highly lucrative medical marijuana dispensaries in Arkansas, a conservative state, is tight. To illustrate, in the first quarter of 2022, medical marijuana sales in Arkansas totaled nearly $66 million. By comparison, Oklahoma has issued 7,300 medical marijuana business licenses, approving 1,800 dispensaries. I think one of the saddest points about the controversy of medical marijuana in Arkansas is that Arkansas uh, is supposed to be a populist state um, without a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, our, our motto is the people rule. Uh, it, it's a state of lower per capita income, of significant health challenges. And unfortunately, the way our medical marijuana system has played out uh, hasn't served the people very well uh, and is antithetical to, to who we are um, as a state and as a culture, um, we, we could do much better. We could be much more like Oklahoma or other states uh, in how we approach medical marijuana in Arkansas. We asked Scott Harden if the Medical Marijuana Commission plans to increase the number of dispensaries and cultivation facilities in Arkansas. He says while the state legislature can amend Arkansas's medical marijuana program, increasing the number of dispensaries and cultivation sites would have to be decided by popular vote. We also asked what will happen if Carroll County Holdings prevails in its lawsuit. Will it be allowed to open a dispensary in Zone 1? Harden says any outcome will be decided by the court. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Arkansas education officials say they're making progress in lowering the number of people who don't have high school diplomas. During a ceremony yesterday at the state capitol, the State Department of Workforce Services honored people who had the top 25 highest scores. In a keynote address by Dalton Smith, who earned his GED and is now attending the University of Oklahoma, This is very much a highlight of not just what you accomplished, but the the fiber that makes up who you are. You should walk away today encouraged knowing that you are very capable of achieving this and and, and much greater things outside of this. And maybe you're saying, well, I don't want to go be a doctor or a scientist. Well, that's cool. If you you want to own a small business, go be the best small business owner you can be. If you want to be a nurse, go be the best nurse you can be and keep chasing excellence. Arkansas has the fourth highest GED exam passage rate in the nation. Trina Miles, director of the state's adult education program, credits teachers who help people prepare for the GED for the high passage rate. She also says the attitude of people taking the GED is a factor. Adult learners oftentimes when they come to G, uh, come to our centers is because they want to be there. They're not made to be there like a K-12 system, so they're motivated. Last year, about 2,200 Arkansans earned their GED. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. The elaborate entrance of Chad Deity slams onto the stage at Theater Squared. This comedy, a mixture of professional wrestling, spectacles, and geopolitical allegory, is on stage and streaming now through May 8th, 777-7477, or 
theater2.org for tickets and information. This is Ozarks at Large. The University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences Office of Community Health and Research is relocating from the UAMS campus in Fayetteville to a new 28,000-square-foot building on South 48th in Springdale. Pearl McElfish, the Director of Community Health and Research, says the catalyst for the move is twofold. Provide more space for staff and researchers and strengthen the partnership between the office and the community. And our mission is to understand the health needs through research and to design and implement programs that create an environment where every person has access to their best health, not just their best health care, but their best health. She says the Office of Community Health and Research has grown from an initial team of 20 people to a team of more than 150 programmatic staff and researchers. Doing um, research across Arkansas, the nation, and even internationally. And as our team has grown, we really needed a dedicated building that we could do our work in and also invite our community partners to hold meetings and collaborative efforts in the building. And so we're so excited to have a building located in Springdale, right in the middle of the Northwest Arkansas Corridor. The office's program's initiatives include the Center for Pacific Islander Health and others concerned with reducing health disparities, health equity, child health, and disease management. And projects that work at a policy systems and environmental level to create better health equity We also employ um, several community health workers. I think currently we have about 50 community health workers that are placed throughout Northwest Arkansas and the state. Our populations of focus include Pacific Islanders, Marshallese in Arkansas, as well as Marshallese in uh, Washington State and Hawaii and the Republic of the Marshall Islands and Hispanic, African-American, and rural populations throughout Arkansas. While the expanded building provides more room for staff and researchers, McElfish says the building is more of a health deployment center. We do our best work when we're actually out in the community and not in the office. And so one of the things that you'll see is it's a pretty compact environment where we have open spaces with cubicles rather than offices that are walled off because people are coming there, they're doing some work, and then they're going back out into the community where they can make their biggest difference. You'll also see collaborative spaces. And so we have conference and educational training spaces that we really hope all of our community partners will utilize so that they can perform their work better. An official open house for the UAMS New Medical Sciences Office of Community Health and Research Building on South 48th and Springdale will take place in late summer or early autumn, but the public is invited to stop by now and learn more. Training and educational spaces can be reserved at nwauams.edu slash chr slash. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. Coming up, we'll have details about a new director's position at Walmart focused on workplace mobility. And we'll hear from a leader on the retail side of the state's medical marijuana industry. And a major healthcare announcement this week is one of our most read stories at nwabusinessjournal.com. We'll have those stories and more after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by 
the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Walmart's new headquarters is under construction in Bentonville, and the company's goal is to open the new campus in phases through 2025. Another goal is that 10% of all Bentonville employees, around 1,500, will use alternative transportation to commute to the new corporate campus. And that is where Courtney Barrett comes in. On April 11th, Barrett joined the corporate real estate team at Walmart to lead workplace mobility efforts for the retailer's new corporate campus. Barrett will report directly to Cindy Marsiglio, who describes Barrett's job as defining how Walmart engages employees, visitors, and the community to, quote, deliver an intentionally designed frictionless mobility experience. To find out specifically what that will involve, we've got a story about Barrett and that new job in the latest issue of the Business Journal. It's up on both Facebook and Twitter, and of course, you can find the story on our website at nwabusinessjournal.com. Since the state's first medical marijuana dispensary opened in May 2019, Arkansas has collected about $65 million in taxes on sales worth $265 million. Roughly 82,000 Arkansans have medical marijuana cards. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, Ryan Herget discussed some of the latest developments in the industry. Herget is co-founder of Good Day Farm Retail Management, a medical marijuana dispensary with operations in Arkansas and Missouri. Uh, when did you decide to get into the medical marijuana business? It's not something that maybe folks think about in their high school career or maybe before their high school careers. What got you into this business? So uh, in 2017, I exited a company, Chef Shuttle, uh, that was you know started here in, in Little Rock um, and was looking for the next opportunity and just the excitement around building, seeing an industry be built from the ground up. It was you know, too tempting to, to pass up on. Yeah. So the state of Arkansas put up some pretty rigid guidelines to enter to get the whole medical marijuana industry off the ground in Arkansas. Um, has that turned out to be a good thing or were all those problems that we saw people fighting through on the in the early days? Is it worth it? There's some, you know, some good, some bad, but overall, I think the state's done a really good job of setting up a, a program that uh, really benefits and is, it benefits a patient and, and is, is patient centric. So overall, you know, state's done a great job. All right. You're moving to a new retail location on Chanel Parkway. Tell me a, a little bit about what you'll be able to do in that location versus where you were uh, prior. Uh, so we've actually got a lot more square footage at that location. So we're excited about it. The old location on Roddy Parham was 2,500 square feet. We've got 
close to 4,400 square feet here. So we're excited about the much larger location. Parking's no longer a concern. If you had ever been to that location prior, uh, you'd have seen, you know, nine, 10 parking spots here. We've got a hundred parking spots. So we're, we're excited. It's also a co-branded store with, uh, with cookies. Cookies is a West coast, you know, a brand that started on the West coast, probably most you know, notable brand in the, in the cannabis space. They've got a worldwide presence. Um, they're known for their great products, the great culture they bring. And so we couldn't be more excited to, to partner with, with cookies on this, uh, the store in West Little Rock. Tell me a little bit about how people um, administer the medical marijuana that they get from you. Because I think if you're not a card holder and you haven't been through that process or know someone who's gone through that process, maybe walk me through a few of the steps. There are, in terms of how a patient administers the, the product. Yes, sir. That's, you know, can be smoked in smokable form. Um, it, you know, there are edibles, uh, there are topicals, there are tinctures, there's even suppositories. So, um, it, multiple ways to, um, you know, to get access to the medicine. Tell me how, uh, cardholders, cause you guys kind of put a menu together. And I think that people might not even understand that, you know, you think normally when you think of medicine, you think uh, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription, you go to the pharmacist, they really just kind of give you pills in a bottle sort of thing. It's a lot different experience for somebody that walks in to a good day farm. So maybe, maybe explain what that process is like. There are, you know, six active cultivators in Arkansas, each making a unique assortment of products, um, whether it be uh, honey or chocolate bars to different strains of flour. And, um, you know, there's chemical makeup and each flower strain is unique. And so some strains will help certain ail ailments or, you know, while others may help others. So it's really we provide a wide range of products that um, all patient, you know, patient can um, get relief from, you know, why ever they're using the drug, the cannabis product. Tell me what some of the feedback is you get from folks that, um, have not had access to this, that now have access to this, that we're dealing with other ways to manage pain or manage some of their ailments. There's relief, um, that there's, uh, the stigmas kind of being broken and people realize the medicinal benefits of this, um, of this plant. So I think there, there's, there's relief, there's joy, there's, you know, it's an alternative product. It's a safe product. Um, so I think people are happy, happy to have it. Are you concerned if recreational marijuana makes the ballot in Arkansas and passes? What, what, what does that do to your business model? It's a different set of customers. You know, right now we're focused on patients with rec, you're focusing on customers. So not concerned, but at the same time, you know, if it happens, it happens and we'll, we'll address it at that point. But right now we're, we're focused on taking care of, of patients of the great state of Arkansas. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've got four uh, retail locations, two in Missouri, two in Arkansas. What's the growth plans for Good Day Farm? So those are, you know, Good Day Farm branded locations. Um, and, you know, Good Day Farm aims to be the number one cannabis brand in the South. And so that's where, um, you know, we're looking at that footprint and we'll see what happens, but we're looking forward to the future. And that is Ryan Hergett with Arkansas Medical Marijuana Business Good Day Farm Retail Management. In other headlines this week, a major health care announcement from the Alice L. Walton Foundation and Washington Regional Medical System in Fayetteville, who say they are partnering to create a new regional health system that will also involve the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic. 
California venture capital firm Plug and Play is planning to invest $25 million in supply chain startups over the next two years. And that will complement Plug and Play's supply chain accelerator that was started five years ago at the company's headquarters and expanded to Bentonville in 2019. And Tyson Foods says it will provide free post-secondary education for all of its approximately 120,000 U.S. workers. The new benefit will begin this summer and will include master's, undergraduate, and associate degrees, along with career certificates and literacy and technology courses. You can find those stories and others at nwabusinessjournal.com. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. Timothy, you told me earlier this week that there was no way you could get all the live music into our regular segment on Thursday. Absolutely no way. I mean, there's a, more than 40 shows that we are aware of. But there's good news. Even though we may not talk about everything we're aware of on the air, we do have a more complete list at our website, ozarksatlarge.com. And we also have a weekly playlist of much of the music that you can hear throughout the listening area there as well. We're working on having them on Spotify and Apple Music as well. All right. Well, let's talk about what we can talk about. Okay. So let's start with a couple of festivals, shall we? It's that (laughs) time of year. There's one that's actually kind of starting tonight, but the official start is tomorrow. It's Stars and Sauce happening at the farm in Eureka Springs. Right. It's a family-friendly stargazing festival. It's going to feature sets from Arkansas, obviously. Other bands featured will be Dirty Strings, Opalagafia, Chucky Wags, The Reverend Pollard, Charlie Mellinger, Monk is King, Ben Miller Band, One Ounce Jig, Country Jesus, and many more. One Day Passes start at $75 for Stars and Sauce. Gets underway at about 9 o'clock tomorrow night, again at the farm in Eureka Springs, and it goes through Saturday. It starts at 9 p.m.? Yes. So you can get there and get... Is this a camping sort of? It is a camping sort of thing, and there are different options for camping as well. Another festival starting tomorrow night. This one in Bentonville. It's time for Home Sweet Home Festival. And this is the opposite of camping in the woods. Right. This is a festival of house shows. It started before the pandemic. It's kind of getting back into full swing now. It's Friday and Saturday night at homes throughout downtown Bentonville, featuring music from Jasper Logan, Cameron Johnson, Kaylin Fay, Jamie Lou Connolly is coming back from Nashville to do two sets. Nice. Also featuring Ashton Barbary, Will Gunselman, Ira Wolf, and many, many more. One-day tickets start at $30. Music starts Friday night at about 6 o'clock, and again, there's music Saturday night as well. Again, that's at various houses in downtown Bentonville. There's no way to do both festivals, is there? No. Okay. Okay, now non-festival music. Coming back down to Fayetteville, Rival Sons will be on stage at JJ's Live. They're a touring rock and roll band after this show. They go to Memphis, and then they hit a tour in Europe. Ooh, big, big time.
Tickets for that show at JJ's Live are $27.50. That gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night, again at JJ's Live in North Fayetteville. Happening in downtown Fayetteville tomorrow night, Kingfish is going to welcome back the Central Arkansas rock and roll band De France. Ah, it's been a while. show at Kingfish gets underway at 8 o'clock Friday night. Also happening in downtown Fayetteville Friday night, Moonsong is going to have an album release show at Smoke and Barrel Tavern. We've heard a highlight of that. We had an interview with Cody Nielsen of Moonsong last Friday on Ozarks. If you didn't hear it, you can listen to it at OzarksAtLarge.com. Also on that bill Friday night are The Salesman and Moldy Locks. Cover for that show is $5. Gets underway at 9 o'clock tomorrow night again at Smoke and Barrel Tavern in Fayetteville. Quite a bit different kind of music happening on Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville tomorrow night. Shannon Worst is going to be playing a show. Just was in Nashville at the Bluebird Cafe. She's going to be joined on this show with Brad Helms. Uh, they're asking for $12 admission for that show. It gets underway at 6.30 tomorrow night again at Mount Sequoia Center in Fayetteville. Also happening tomorrow night in Fayetteville, a lot of music in Fayetteville tomorrow night and lots of different kinds of music. Walton Arts Center is going to have the Mingus Big Band on stage. Isn't that part of the 10 by 10? It is part wow. of 10 by 10. It's a lot of music for not a lot of money. Yeah. Again, tickets are $10. That gets underway at 8 o'clock tomorrow night again at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. Okay, Saturday. 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville is going to have Rebecca Jed on stage. She's originally from Texas. Now she's an Arkansas-based singer-songwriter. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday night at 612 Coffee House in Fayetteville. Another rock and roll show happening in Fayetteville Saturday night. Nomad's Trailside is going to have a set with Townhouse Fire. Also on the bill are the Sherms and Keevan Dunn. Cover is $5. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Saturday at Nomad's Trailside in Midtown Fayetteville. Gotcha. Up in Bentonville, Meteor Guitar Gallery is going to have a fundraiser for the Ozark Blues Society, featuring performances by Sky Pollard, the Downtown Live Wires, and the Jeff Horton Band. That's Saturday night. Yes. Okay. Tickets start at $25. Gets underway at 7 o'clock again at Meteor Guitar Gallery in Bentonville. Happening over in Eureka Springs Saturday night, the Gravel Bar is going to have the damn neighbors on stage. Yeah. Like a little reckless abandon in my life. And I would like to wage will be howling all night. I like a little that show gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday night at the Gravel Bar in Eureka Springs. Still in Eureka Springs, another outdoor show. God Hold Brewing is going to have the Going Jessies. And I don't even watch the news on my TV. Too much of that kind of thing might put you in attack. They're a central Arkansas-based Americana band. This show is going to be 
an acoustic duo type show though. Okay. Gets underway at six o'clock Saturday night at Got a Hole Brewing in Eureka Springs. And then Sunday. 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 Kingfish is going to have a crawfish boil with proceeds going toward Life Source of Fayetteville. They're going to have performances by DJ Cut Careless, Time Wave Zero, and Jeanette Martin. And crawfish. And crawfish. can't make it to Sunday afternoon, Jenna and Martin are also going to be playing at Chelsea's Saturday night at 9 in Eureka Springs, but the crawfish boil at Kingfish Sunday gets underway at about 2 o'clock. Sunday evening, Walton Arts Center is going to have a concert by the Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society Jazz All-Stars Youth Band. Stay tuned. We'll hear more about them. Yes. Uh, again, presented by the Northwest Arkansas Jazz Society. Tickets are $15. That gets underway at 6 o'clock. Sunday evening at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. And one final show, one final show, Tuesday, George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have a showcase from Hill Records, the music right. label at the U of A. They're going to feature Pat Ryan Key, Fox Paw, Head Cannon, Luke Howard with Midnight South, and others. Tickets for the general public are $10. UA students get in for free. Oh. And that gets underway at about 5 o'clock Tuesday evening at George's in Fayetteville. If I'm a student of life... <laughs> Ten bucks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately so. <laughs> Timothy, thank you. Thank you. Scott Family Amazium offers summer camp experiences for children 6 to 11 years old. This playful learning explores STEAM concepts through interactive activities. Select camps are available at the Jones Center in Springdale. Amazium.org for more information. KUAF is supported by Pearl's Books in downtown Fayetteville, celebrating its first independent bookstore day, Saturday, April 30th, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., with giveaways all day and live jazz music from 4 to 6 p.m. Independent Bookstore Day celebrates all independent bookstores, including those in northwest Arkansas. Instagram at Pearl's Books and Facebook for more information. This is Ozarks at Large. April is Jazz Appreciation Month. I can't think of anyone who appreciates jazz more than Robert Ginsburg. Hello, Robert. Hello, Kyle. And, you know, the audience is growing. Thanks to KUAF. Well, thanks to Robert Ginsburg and the North Arkansas Jazz Society. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Okay. So what's also growing is this whole Northwest Arkansas jazz all-star ensemble. This is the youth ensemble that we started with Walton Arts Center six years ago. This is the sixth year. I was reluctant to use the name All-Stars, but that's what it's turned into, Kyle. We recruit kids from 11 different high schools in our region. They audition to be in this band for a jazz-intensive program that goes for three months. And I am... I can't even really put into words how blown away I am by the level at which these kids are performing right now. 16, 17, 18-year-olds? Yeah. I mean, some of the kids got in when they were in the eighth grade, and this is their fifth year in the program. So we have a big band, a 16-piece big band, and then we also have small ensembles. And the program involves working on really challenging material. Uh, Every Sunday they rehearse. They've been doing that for three months. We also bring in an internationally known jazz artist to work with the kids for their final rehearsal and perform with them. We take the kids into a recording studio. You'll get to hear some of that. And they get that experience of being in a studio. 
So what we found in these last six years is this has kind of raised the bar for all of the band instructors in the schools. Fayetteville High School started a jazz band this year for the first time. And uh, Bentonville has really raised their game. They, they've got an incredible jazz program. And the middle schools are doing this. Mm-hmm. Washington School up in Bentonville, they've got an amazing jazz band with you know 6th, 7th, and 8th graders. So it's really encouraging – the Northwest Arkansas Jazz, also our youth ensemble, our group, has reached a level, Kyle, that is uh, just really extraordinary. I mean, they're, they sound so good and they're performing at such a high level. The University of Arkansas recruited some of our students to be in the, in the wow. University of Arkansas band. Uh, they went to Crisp Studio. Yes. Recorded. Yes. We're going to hear about that in a minute. But they're also going to be live on stage Sunday. That's right. Their final program uh, is this concert at Walton Arts Center. They do it every year and it's open to the public. And I'm telling you, if you like big band music and there's these eight-piece ensembles as well, you will just be knocked out by by their performance. It's open to the public. Tickets are very reasonable and uh, tickets are at waltonartscenter.org. The concert is Sunday, May the 1st. Uh, It starts at 6 p.m. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Kyle. music from the Jazz All-Stars Youth Ensemble as recorded earlier this year at Crisp Studio. It's the Quincy Jones tune Quintessence. The ensemble will be in concert Sunday night at 6 at Walton Art Center. More about the ensemble at digjazz.com. And by the way, you can hear Robert Ginsburg's Shades of Jazz Friday nights beginning at 10 on KUAF 91.3 and Saturdays from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. on KUAF 3. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with composer Adina Izarra and her piece from 1986 for solo piccolo plumismo. Izarra, born in Caracas, Venezuela, has a special affection for birds. 
This piece marks the first time the composer includes birdsong in her works, and is the beginning of an aesthetic she has followed and explored over the last decades. The title, Plumismo, is a made-up word that reminds us of a pluma, or feather. This piece is performed here by Argentinian piccolo and flute player Cecilia Peel. That was Venezuelan composer Adina Izarra and her piece from 1986 for solo piccolo, Plumismo. American composer Valerie Coleman is known for her contributions to the chamber music repertoire and as the former flute player and founder member of the Imani Winds. Coleman wrote Danza de la Mariposa in 2011. This piece is a depiction of the flight of a South American butterfly. When listening to this excerpt, pay special attention to the use of extended techniques or unconventional ways of playing the flute to create new colors and dimensions. You may hear the flute player singing while playing, some tongue percussion effects or distorted sounds that will sound like chords or multiphonics. This performance is by Iranian flutist Merdad Golami. Thank <laughs> you. 
close Sound Perimeter today with one of the first flute pieces I ever heard and fell in love with as a young music student. Sentimental from Suite for Flute and Jazz Piano by French composer Claude Bolling. My memories are from pre-CD times, and I remember rewinding my cassette tape to listen to this movement again and again. This movement, one of seven, starts indeed with a sentimental, dreamy, and warm mood that becomes later jazzy and lighter when the bass and the drums enter. Bolling wrote this piece in 1973 for renowned flute player Jean-Pierre Rampal. Today we're listening to a vinyl version from its first recording back in 1975, featuring the composer Claude Bolling in the piano, Rampal in the flute, Marcel Sabiani in the drums, and Max Hediger in the bass. Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. See you next week. This is Ozarks at Large with me in the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studios. Courtney Lanning. Courtney, welcome. Kyle, thanks for having me. We're going to talk about a movie that is a time honored tradition, and that's the teenage rom com. Yes, the high school. Teenage rom-com, everybody has probably one that comes to mind that they remember vividly. Pretty in pink for me. That's right. Um, Easy A for me. Which is a fun movie. It is, and, you know, a great cast. Yes. Well, so, if every generation has one, there is now one, at least one for the current teen generation that's called Crush. Tell me about it. So this is a... 
uh, teen rom-com that's coming to Hulu, and it'll be in Hulu on Friday. And this one is a little different in that this is a queer teenage rom-com. We finally have a rom-com that is just centered on a lesbian main character and her crushes. It, the queer character isn't the funky best friend or right. the, the spunky... Not not a side character, right. not a sassy gay best friend. This right. is, they are the main characters. Um, and you don't have a lot of that yet, hopefully. So, you know, that's that's where this movie really sets itself apart is finally we have a, a high school lesbian rom-com. But I hope there are some of those, you know, familiar rom-com cliches. That's what I want from a teen rom-com. Absolutely. And, you know, in totality, this movie touches on plenty of rom-com cliches. Just now they're gay. Right. Um, you know, and in this one, it's funny because you, you have the funky straight friends and the straight couple is the token as opposed to, you know, flipping it the other way around. But, you know, the, the way that this movie is shot and edited, you know, it's got a cool style with like a, a quirky art vibe. You'll... Recall the Spider-Man newest movies have like the opening and ending credits where there's like scribblings in journals and right. drawings with pencils. That basically s- describes the the theme for this entire movie. That's the way it's shot and edited. So it's a high school rom-com. Is it? Is there? A, I don't want you to give too much away, but is there a conflict? Does the couple have a have trouble and then have to kind of find their way back together? Oh, of course. Excellent. So you've got a main character who's an art student. Um, and she is uh, got a crush as these movies start out. Uh, and to get closer to this crush, she joins the track team, even though she's an artist and she has not an athletic bone in her body. But she joins the track team to get closer to this crush, and, and maybe along the way she discovers that she actually likes somebody else. Uh. So you get the classic love triangle, and, you know, this movie has its, its safe but predictable patterns and, and moment. So it sounds like the winning streak of thumbs up movies that you reviewed continues. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, the main couple's cute. They've got a good chemistry. Uh, you know, and it's, it's nice that lesbians finally have a middle of the road rom-com that gives exactly what it promises, both good and bad. And at the end of the day, it's, it's not too big a sin. It's, it's not an enthusiastic, this is amazing, like everything everywhere all at once, but it's safe. It's familiar. It's it's okay. It's what we want from a high school rom-com. It's exactly what you want from a high school rom-com. Right. Crush, Friday available on Hulu. Yes. Okay. What else is out this week? Honestly, it's kind of a quiet movie weekend as we get ready for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which... Oh, is that coming out? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's coming out. Yes. Uh, of course, the biggest new Marvel offering that everyone's been looking forward to, uh, including the two people talking yes. right now. Yes. Um, but Liam Neeson does have uh, a new run-of-the-mill action movie called Memory, and it's nice to see that he's following the Steven Seagal career path. I saw a commercial for this just the other day, and I really thought it was a parody. I thought at the end it was going to be, <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson is finally making the naked gun of his genre. But no, it's straight. It just looks like everything he's done the last 10 years. It does. And, you know, it's it's really strange for Liam Neeson because... People have clearly watched, they watched Taken and they thought, oh, this is a cult classic now with a big following. Let's just repeat that over and over and over and over. And 
And, you know, if, if it was a month ago, I'd be saying the same thing about Bruce Willis. But in light of his recent diagnosis, now know, yeah. you can't make him right. the butt of the joke anymore. He has his reasons. Okay. So I'm assuming we're not going to talk about Liam Neeson next week. What do you hope to review? So next week, I hope to review a new Netflix drama called Along for the Ride, which is based on a book by the same title. All right. You can read this full review of Crush in the Friday Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Courtney, as always, thanks. Kyle, thanks for having me. KUAF is supported by Hendricks College in Conway, home of Life Launch, a new one-week residential summer program for rising high school juniors and seniors to explore career planning and experience college life. Now accepting applications for its inaugural session, which begins June 2022. More information is available at hendricks.edu slash life launch. This is your public radio station for more than 37 years. 91.3 FM, KUAF, Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Little Flock. Timothy produced today's show and today's sound perimeter inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. Contributors today included Jacqueline Froelich, Leah Uribe, Paul Gatling, Roby Brock, Robert Ginsburg, and Courtney Lanning. Additional content today from the newsroom at KUAR. That's public radio for Little Rock and all of Central Arkansas. The Northwest Arkansas Business Journal is produced by Stephanie Brock. From the Carver Center for Public Radio in downtown Fayetteville, I'm Kyle Kellums. And I'm Timothy Dennis. Our theme is titled The First Hurrah. It's written and performed by Daryl Sean. You can find him performing most weekdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on his Facebook page. Just search Facebook for Daryl Sean. You can also search Facebook for Ozarks at Large. You'll find our stories and interviews posted there frequently. And you can also catch up with the Ozarks at Large daily podcast. You can find that at our website, KUAF.com, or in your favorite podcasting service. We will be back tomorrow at noon and 7 p.m with an all-new edition of Ozarks at Large. I'll have the band Circle of Thirds in our Furman Garner Performance Studio. We'll review the week's news with Michael Tilley and much more as we close out. Is this the last full week in April? It is. Yes. All right. We'll do that tomorrow. Have yourselves a great Thursday. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk again soon.